I don't get my things together for school until the last minute. When I get home from school, I like to relax and play video games. I would rather do that than play homework. I rather do fun things than doing chores first. I'd rather clean my room tomorrow than right now. I usually get distracted by my two big sisters. Sometimes toys distract me when I know something that isn't going to be fun. I avoid doing it. Okay. All right. All right. Okay, all right. All right. All right. Are were these like loosening up exercises that we yeah, do? Yeah, there's a unique New York, unique New York. Red leather, yellow leather. I'm, I'm so... not good. You're not good. Shut up. No. Um, <laughs> you shut up. No, you. Uh, <laughs> Is this professional warming up? I've never done this before. No, this <laughs> they teach you these things red leather, One, yellow leather. Red leather, yellow. Unique New York. Unique New York. Unique Hello. New York. I need a minute. This Tongue is like twisters? going, going I can't into an do audition. Them. You go into an audition and then you say, I need a minute. And then you turn your back to the casting director and you say, mine, <laughs> mine, mine, mine. And they think you're nuts. Well, you, they, are nuts. Yeah, you are nuts. They're all nuts. They're all nuts. But how are you to, you know, what's going on in your world uh, at the moment? Just a little, just give me a brief capsule of, what, you know, are you experiencing anything like procrastination? Oh, yeah. Um, also, are you going to introduce the show or are we just going to? I am. Okay, I am. that would be That's good. Funny. That I would tried, be good. I, I tried to, I tried to say, let's, yeah, let's just, so, so maybe I should go back and introduce the show. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> now, see, I, there was a purpose to that. I was actually putting off introducing the show. Oh, you're and, procrastinating? Yes, I was procrastinating. Why is that? Why is I, that? Well, because uh, I don't feel like it. No, I, you know, this is, you're listening to Dear Anxiety, and this is the show about mental health. This about how we deal with our thoughts and feelings. Why do we play those uh, clips that you just heard a clip of a child, a child's view of procrastination? Now, why do we play those things? Because when it comes to mental health, we're all children. No one is exempt. Everybody has thoughts and feelings and everybody deals with them in different ways. And most people don't practice skills that help them deal with it differently. And that's what we're exploring. That's what we're talking about. Uh, procrastination. My name is Ed Krasnick. My co-host, Greeny Jane, will be along shortly. And uh, all I can say to you is the way I relate to procrastination. My name is Ed Krasnick. I procrastinate, which is the... Uh, wow. Yeah, it, it's the... Pos- it, what it is, is it's the de- I delay the process of being myself. And so I have this in a very personal way. My partner, Rini Jane, is the founder of GoZen, which is an amazing organization, GoZen, that teaches resilient skills to kids, parents, schools all over the world. But Rini, procrastination, I can't imagine you procrastinating. Are you serious? You can't, can't imagine me no. procrastinating? I can't, oh my I goodness. Can't, no. I wish I had a GoPro camera put on my head and you could see how I procrastinate sometimes. Let's you know do what? It. The interesting yeah. thing is no one is no one can abstain from procrastinating. It is part of the human condition. I am 
firmly in belief of this. So we all procrastinate at some time. I mean, different degrees, definitely. But oh, yeah, I have procrastinated for sure about things. I often procrastinate when it comes to certain things like doing accounting work, for example, for my business. I procrastinate because I don't like it. And most of the time, I don't feel like it when I don't like it. Yeah, that's that's what you, you know, that is really what's tied up in this, which is something that, you know, I'm used to procrastinating everything. And I, I think for me, procrastination is is connected to perfection because I feel like, what if I can't do it? And then I'll be found out. And it has to be perfect right from the get-go. And so as a result, I procrastinate. I put it off. I think procrastination and avoidance definitely go hand in hand with perfectionism. But if you, even if you're not a perfectionist, you can be a procrastinator, a chronic procrastinator. But I totally get that. You don't want to show up as less than perfect, so you just put it off. And you think that you're not, you know, it's insecurity. I think that I'm not enough and I won't be enough. And so as a result of that, who wants to face that? Who wants to face that with every little task? And when you do, you know, it causes you a lot of stress. And I say you, I'm talking about me. It causes me a lot of stress. Well, don't say me. Don't say you. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that funny? I always say you. Like, it's like, I don't even own it to that extent. I say, well, it's you. It's your fault. Um, but, uh, But now you said something really important there, too, which is, the last thing in the world that I think about is the procrastination is a coping skill. It's not an effective coping skill all the time. We talk about coping skills just because you do it by default. You think you do it by default. That doesn't mean it's not a coping tool. You're trying to cope. What are you trying to, what am I trying to cope with? I'm trying to cope with feelings that I don't want to have. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. It's so interesting. If you ask people what procrastination is, for the most part, adults know what procrastination is. And most kids even know what procrastination is. It just is something, it's a commonly used word and everybody's done it before. So it's like, oh yeah, I know what procrastination is. But when you look into the research, you realize that procrastination is actually a coping skill for short-term mood repair. It's so interesting. And I love how we use really technical terms. Basically, you use procrastination in order to feel good in the moment, right? You don't feel like doing something. You feel like doing something else in lieu of something you should be doing or you think you should be doing. And so you use it to feel good in the short term. And what you're giving up is your longer term goals or what you want to actually get done. So it's a short term coping skill for mood repair. And it's not very effective. In fact, I have been calling it the procrastination paradox because if it is indeed a coping skill to help you feel good in the moment, then why does it feel so bad? If you ask anyone that procrastinates, they beat themselves up about it. And if you look into the research, what it really does is it makes you feel guilty, it's stressful, and it has negative effects on your health because a lot of times things that we are procrastinating about are things that are going to be healthy for us. Exercising today, eating vegetables right now, etc. Yeah, there's you're resisting something. You're avoiding it and resisting and anytime anytime I'm resisting something, uh there's a tension there. I'm building up a tension and I'm carrying it around with me. 
And that pretty much is the sum total of my life. Good night. Um, no, so, so I, so, so <laughs> don't that's go anywhere. The, We're not done. See you, everybody. Bye. Uh, that sums it up for me. Um, at, at any rate, I, you know, this is, this is the thing about these coping skills. Like you're saying, it's not, it's not effective and there's pain that goes with it because you, you, you know, I beat myself up about it. It's still what we're trying, what I'm trying to do is to feel better. So it's not a bad thing to try to feel better. We just need to learn other ways in the short term, right? It's a short-term way of feeling better, feeling good. Um, it's we don't have to. I don't have to blame myself for procrastinating on top of everything, right? I'm trying to feel good, so maybe I can look at the feelings. Maybe I can look at the thoughts. Maybe I can look at what's holding me up. Um, and this is what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, I think it's super important. Like when you're saying, maybe I can look at. There is an element of mindfulness that we probably touch on in every single one of our podcast episodes. But really what it is, is having a self-awareness of your thoughts and the relationship they have to the feelings you're having. So if your thought is, I don't feel like doing that homework right now. I don't feel like doing that tax work right now. I don't feel like cleaning the house right now or cleaning my room right now. And the feeling that you have that's associated with what they call task aversiveness is generally that you that you think that that is going to make you suffer in some way. There is going to be a, a suffering emotion that's associated with that particular task. So the first step in all of this is really an awareness of what you're thinking and then your belief of what you're going to feel based on that thought. And that sounds really basic. How is that going to get me over procrastinating? The first step is to to know what's going on inside of you. Yeah. And, and, and how do you check in? How do you check in with yourself to say, you know, where you can actually identify, okay, this is procrastination. This is what I'm thinking about this thing. And this is what I'm feeling. I think that you have cues. Generally, when we're procrastinating, we often are procrastinating not about something novel, like the new thing that we have never done before. We are procrastinating about the same things over and over again, whether that be flossing or cleaning out the fridge or doing, you know, as I said, doing our homework or studying for something, chronically procrastinate about repeated things. So that's kind of a good thing, actually, because we can see what the trigger is and the trigger is often a thought. So I think the first step in this process is really to write down the tasks that we procrastinate about. And then when we're procrastinating about that thing, so let's say it's flossing, you're like, oh, floss tomorrow, oh, floss later, I'll floss next week. When you are putting off that task or saying, I'll do it in a few minutes, you know, it's just going to take me a minute to do something else. Whatever the thought is that's going through your mind at that point in time when you're putting the task off is what you are looking for awareness of. Awareness of your thoughts and awareness of your feelings takes practice because we're never taught it as a kid, right? We're not thought to, right. we're not taught to be aware of our thoughts. That was a tough sentence, by the way. <laughs> Can you say yeah, that it? was good though. Now I'm glad that you didn't put it off. It was a good one. Yes, that I did it. Good. See, I didn't feel like saying it, but I said it anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, we're not thought to be aware of these things floating through our mind. They're things that other people can't see. They're somewhere in our consciousness and subconsciousness. However, with a little bit of training, a little bit of quiet, 
it's quite easy to tune in to that ticker tape going through your mind. And what I have found in my work with adults and kids is that guess who's better at it, adults or kids, at tuning in? Uh, Kids. Yes, yes. They're like, okay, yeah, I can do that. I can see the thoughts scrolling through my head. You know, we teach kids, we are very serious about phys ed, about physical fitness, about gym class. What about what's going on in your head? What about your thoughts and feelings? Can you imagine if we had a world where people put even close to equal time into uh, exploring thoughts and feelings and how we deal with them? It would be a different world. It would be, in the beginning, it would be a slower world, right? Things would go, go more slowly because sitting with those feelings and sitting with those thoughts takes some time. It's not a world, and you can't do this in a world in which you're extremely busy all of the time and you're running from one scheduled activity to the next because it takes some time to tune in, but it doesn't take that much time. And it is a practice like anything, like brushing your teeth is a practice, flossing your teeth is a practice. So tuning in to what's going on within you is a practice. But we, you know, the thing is, we're carrying around all this stuff. Anything that we avoid and anything that we, that we hold on to, you know, we're carrying it around. So you, I bring it into every interaction. I bring it into everybody that I come into contact with. The tension, the stress, the, the, the self-punishment, it, it comes in everywhere. And so I think that's an important point. Because we think that by avoiding and procrastinating and putting things off, that we're actually avoiding the emotions that go along with that, right? But it's sitting on a backpack right on our back, essentially. It's sitting there. It's not going anywhere. So I think the point that you're making is extremely crucial. It's a coping skill to feel good in the moment, but it's completely ineffective. Because most of the time when you ask someone if they want to be procrastinating, the answer is no. Like, I wish I could do this right now, but I just don't feel like it. But it's not that I don't want to do it. I just don't feel like doing it. Yeah. And the, 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 fee- and the, the need to feel better, to feel good in the moment, that's a great thing. Why punish myself for that? That impulse is a good impulse. That's not something I want to erase. I just need to find a different way to do it. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Are there different ways that that we can feel better in the moment? And and how can we deal with it in terms of procrastination? Yeah, definitely. I think one of the eye-opening things for me when diving into the research and having talked to some researchers when it comes to procrastination is this idea that there's this disconnection between our present self and our future self. And what I mean by that is that they did these fMRI studies on participants that were thinking about themselves in the future. And the part of the brain that lit up is the part of the brain that lights up when you're thinking about a stranger. So what that means to me, you know, what I extrapolate from that is that you don't have a lot of consideration and a really good relationship with future you, who you're putting everything off on, by the way. Apparently, you think in your head that future you is able to do everything. Well, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to clean the car today because future me is going to do it in a few days. And I'm not going to do this because future me, future me is, seems perfect. Right? But, right. but you don't have what we don't have, what we're missing from our evaluation of our future selves is compassion, understanding. We're putting all the weight on future me. 
you, you talked about the, the different parts of the brain that light up. That's, that's very interesting. Is it something that is in our nature to do? I don't know if it's in our nature to put things off. It's definitely in our nature to plan things, right? So planning is in our nature in the prefrontal cortex, in the newer part of the brain. And there are a lot of planning and organizing activities that go on. There are a lot of what if questions that we ask ourselves, we think about the future. And so, you know, it's an executive function skill to plan and to organize. Now, is it, a, is it something that's built into us to say, okay, we're going to put this thing off? Mm, I don't know. But what may be built into us is when we're not feeling good, um, some, sort of, some sort of way to repair that feeling, which is what we're talking about. And what we have been talking about in a lot of these podcast episodes is why do we need to repair it always? Maybe repair is not the answer. Maybe acknowledgement, acceptance. And then the next action is the answer. And do we, does that make sense? The nuance in that, Ed? Well, it's, it sounds really simple. And it sounds really like, of course, that's what you would do. Acknowledgement, acceptance. And then what's the next action? Who does that? Uh, it's, <laughs> people don't do that. And they don't do that because you think it takes a long time. Let me just say this about that. And it sound like a, I sound like I'm giving a presidential address. But let me, like Richard Nixon, let me, give, let me say this. Do you know how hard it is to avoid something? It's a lot harder than what we just described. It takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of complex thinking. I'll do this tomorrow. I'll plan for this. I'll it tell them this. It actually takes a lot I'll of planning to that. procrastinate, right? It takes a tremendous amount of planning. Yes. Because there's all kinds of things that you have to do. You have to lie to yourself. You have to lie to other people. You have to pretend that you're doing something when you're not. I mean, this is, this is what we're used to doing. What would it be like to just acknowledge, accept, and take the next action, the next small action. And that's what we're going to do here in this, in this role play. Let's get ready to role play. Now, the first role play that we'll do is I'll be a kid procrastinating about a book report. And Rini will play uh, my mom. It's not that I always want to make Rini my mom, but- Why am I always the, your mom? What's up with that? I, I don't know. It's maybe, it's mommy thing going on. maybe it's something I'm Maybe it's something I'm working out. Maybe, maybe you can be my mom. <laughs> Why don't I be? I'll be mom Yeah, you be mom. Come on. I want to okay. be the kid this time. Okay, let's I'll do it. Mom. Okay. But uh, in the first one, let's do it where we're not using any of these tools. This is just what a parent usually does when a kid is procrastinating about a book report. Round one. Hey, how's it going? How's the Really? You're asking me about that now? I had the worst day at school. I don't want to talk about it. I kind of don't want to talk about it because I just don't feel like it. And I don't feel like, what report? Well, see, Whatever. This is how, I've written this, one this word. This is what happens. I have to write see, a thousand words. I've written one word. Is that what you want to hear? Yeah, but then you wonder why these, why you have so much pressure and why you don't, why these things happen. Mom, it's this hard. This is what I'm talking about. Mom, it's hard. Listen, I have a thousand things to do. I had ballet and then I had soccer and then I had model UN. And like, now I just don't feel like writing this report. I'm exhausted. Okay. Well, you know what? I don't feel like cooking dinner. I don't oh, feel like taking that. care of the family the way I take care of it. I don't feel like doing a lot of the things that I can do. Where's my, where's my procrastination? What am I doing? 
I don't know, you know what that, ha- you can procrastinate if you want to. I still don't feel like writing this book report. And how am I supposed to write it? How is it going to be good if I don't feel like it? It's not even going to, it's going to be terrible. You Let can't write you something. something you don't feel like writing. The words aren't going to come out. Let me tell you something. It's only going to feel worse putting it off. You know how this is, and we go through it every time. I think it's going to feel really good. I'm getting a bag of chips, and I'm going to watch some TV. Okay. You know what? Uh, that's it. We don't have to, you know, I'm not, I'm just not going to come in here anymore because it's a waste of time. Uh, I'm not going to come in here anymore. Let me go talk to your, let me go talk to your, your father. Uh, and that's a no, whole other thing. That's no. something I wish I could put off. Well, How about that? Okay, fine. Go talk to him. I'm still not doing it. Yeah. Thank you for your help. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. Well, that didn't work. Okay. So there, there you have, that's probably familiar in some ways, even though I didn't change my voice, which I will start doing for these things. <laughs> um, so what can we do differently? So we always want to start with empathy. You know, we don't want to invalidate how someone is feeling. Let's not forget that the feelings are okay. They're valid. You know, the actions thereafter and the behavior might not be okay. But what they're feeling, nobody wants their feelings invalidated, right? And the feelings can change over time as the behavior changes. But let's not invalidate the feelings. So let's empathize with what's going on. You know, these these kids, as Ross Green says, I love him. He's an author. He wrote The Explosive Child. He's amazing. He says, kids do well if they can. And I truly, deeply in my core believe that, you know, after working with tens of thousands of kids, having my own kid, I can tell you that kids do well if they can, right? So let's always go in with that mindset and let's empathize. Okay, now we're getting past empathy and we really want to help our kid do this book report. Well, I can tell you a few things before we start this, you know, round two of the role play. First of all, don't try to teach these lessons in the moment. It's just not going to work. We don't study for a test when we get in to sit down to take the test. Well, sometimes we do and then we don't do well. But you want to practice these things outside of the moment because in the moment they become accessible if you've done a little bit of practice outside of the moment. Okay, so we're making the assumption here that we've talked to our child about some of these things. So um, we can do what's the next action. We can do time travel. What do you think, Ed? Um, I like what's the next action because it's really simple and it's really something everybody can can relate to. Maybe we can try that. We can talk about time travel too. Okay. We'll do what's Um, the next action and then maybe we'll talk about time travel. Round two. Hey mom. Hey honey. How you doing? Uh, I have a book report. I do not want to do this book report. I just don't feel like it. What I really feel like I'm tired, you know, like what I really feel like doing is just watching something on TV and getting a bag of sun chips or something. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. I don't feel like it. Honey, I know exactly. I really know how you feel. I get that you're tired and that you want to take a break and that you You don't have have to do all this work. You can go to work and come home and like they don't give you homework from work. I have to do all this work. I get it, it, honey. I really really do hear that you feel, you know, that you're tired, you're overwhelmed and uh, you just want a break, right? Yeah, but no matter what you say right now, I just don't feel like doing this book report. I know that like you're trying to be nice and everything and like I really appreciate that, but I'm tired and I just don't want to do it. Okay? Yeah, I I I get that, honey. Uh, I I hear that you don't want to do it and uh you know what? I can relate to it. I really can. I I feel that way many times. 
And um, what am I supposed to do? Can you, write, can you write this for it is hard. Do, does hard. anyone get it? Like no one gets it. Everyone just thinks this is part of, you know, like you have to do this stuff because you're a kid, but it's really hard. I'm having a hard time. It is hard. It is hard. And I want to I want to just say to you, you're not imagining those things. It is hard. It's it's challenging. Oh. And you know what? You know what, honey? You know what makes it more uh, what makes it really challenging? No. What? Is you think you have to do it all. You think you have well, to do, do it have all. I do have to do it all. It's due tomorrow or like actually, yes. no. Yes, it is due tomorrow. Now what do I do? I have to do it all. Yeah. Yes, you do. But you know what? Why? You don't have to do everything in this moment. What you can do and this is something that I'm thinking about in my own life and, and, you know, maybe that we can practice. But what you can do is take the smallest action that you can possibly take for this book report. So tell me, what is the smallest action that you could take for this book report? In your mind, what would the smallest action be? I guess get the book out. Getting the book out. Yeah. That's the smallest action. That 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 would be a good uh, small action that you could do. You could get the book out. You could open up your laptop. You could get a pen. You could sit in your chair at your desk. Any of those things would be good. And that's all you have to do that's right it? now. That's all you have to do right now. Okay. I'm going right to try. Now. But even that feels hard right now. But I'm going to try. I, well then we can we can shift to something even smaller. Mm. But maybe maybe not getting the book, maybe sitting in your chair is enough. No, I can get the book. I'm going to get the book. Okay, I'm going to okay. get the book. I can do okay. that. I can get the book. Okay. 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 Let's go with that. We have a winner. Ed, you're such a good mom. Well, you know what? I am uh, running for mom of the week uh, in, in my district. But I, I do want to say that that isn't that hard to do. What did you do just then? So can you walk us through how you were able to relate? And by the way, you were stellar. That was, you know, I was being tough. That was amazing. Okay. Well, well, thanks. Well, well, the first thing is to empathize and to validate her feelings, to validate your feelings. You don't want to do it. And you're tired. And you have a lot of stuff in your life. Kids are overscheduled usually. So I'm saying, yeah, I get it. I get that you don't want to do it. I get that you're tired. It's hard when you have those feelings. So I'm saying that back to you. Now, some of that can be actually repeating the words, which is like a, a communication tool. But some of it is just, you know, a, a lot of it, you relate to these things. We all have, the, kids don't just have these feelings and thoughts. We have them. Second is acknowledge that it is hard. What they're going through is hard. It's hard to, to, uh, to want to avoid something. And there's a reason why it's hard. The reason usually why it's hard is because we're not thinking about the smallest action. We're thinking about finishing the book report. And, and, and that's too big. That's too much. That's why we have to break it down to the very smallest action. It allows you to not panic. It allows you to not be overwhelmed. And it allows you to do something that you can successfully do, which is a good thing to start out any task with. What can I successfully do? So that's what I was doing. I was saying, let's take the small. Now you can ask your kids, 
what's the smallest action? And and you might have said, well, the smallest action is to is you know that I get my computer and I start writing, and that's too big. Yeah. So you can guide your kids and you can say, well, can you think of something smaller? Yeah. And notice in the smallest action, there were not making a bunch of small actions. So this isn't building a ladder, right? In the Gozen programs, we call it laddering. This isn't taking one big goal and breaking it up into miniature goals. This is literally just thinking about the next action and not worrying about the steps in front and that making the leap of faith that the stairs will build itself. You know, once you once you take a step, then you take the next action, then the next action, but you don't need to plan all of those out. Yeah, and, and and you enlist their help. Get them to start thinking this way. You know, it's not a usual way that we think. That's kind of the start of procrastination because we're thinking way ahead. So let's break it down to something that we can actually do and something that we can actually feel good about and be successful about. I can't write it if I'm not if I don't have the book. I can't do the my book report if I'm not sitting where I write. Okay, let's look at that. So those are, even if you did any of those things, it would change your life. It would change your experience. Even the step of empathy, even the step of validation and the way that Ed did it was really beautiful and just mirroring back a lot of the things that I was saying to him and it made me feel heard. And let me do, and also none of these things that we're trying to teach our kids, none of them do we not need to do ourselves. You take the smallest action. You empathize. You acknowledge your thoughts. You acknowledge your feelings. You can practice this anytime. We're always having thoughts and feelings, and we always have things to do. We're always having thoughts and feelings. I like that. It's true. So I want to talk about some of the other things that we can do. Well, some of the things that exacerbate the problem, right? Exacerbate the procrastination and maybe a couple of the other things that we do. So what we do as humans is we really discount the future gains or the future rewards we're going to have, right? And you you know this because you're saying to your child, oh my goodness, you know, if you do this book report and you study and you do well, then you're going to get into a good school and have a great career and that's going to make you so happy. Well, all of that future stuff is really discounted in our mind. It's so distant that it seems much smaller in size than it is. And I think the technical term for that is temporal discounting. Why do they make such technical things for things? So technical. <laughs> so technical. I like, yeah. I like the jargon, temporal but, discounting. Yes. So let, I, I went to a temporal discounting store <laughs> and I actually bought Blue Light Special on sale. <laughs> yes. So, you know, the things that are immediate, the immediate rewards, like the watching TV and the eating sun chips, those are those are seem much bigger in size because they're right there in front of us. So I think that even making kids aware that this is a thing that the brain does, awareness is a really big intervention. Right. And kids actually like the science. You can teach a kid of any age the things that we are teaching you guys right now or that we're talking about. We're teaching ourselves. We're teaching ourselves and everyone right now. You can teach it to any age child. Um, Another thing that's very interesting, I think, that we do when we're procrastinating is we self-handicap. Let's say that you have to do a paper, write this book report that we were talking about, but and you're afraid to show up as, as not perfect. Well, you will actually procrastinate until the last minute. So that will give you an excuse not to be so great so that you're able to say, well, I turned in my paper, but I'm probably not going to get a great grade because I did it like I pulled an all nighter to do it. 
And that protects your self-esteem. We self-handicap and that like kind of relates and goes into this sort of vicious cycle of procrastination and perfectionism. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I'm somebody who quite often will say uh, ahead of time, here, I'm presenting you with something, you know, it's, it's so-so. I'm not sure that it's, you know, it's, it's not the greatest thing uh, ever, but take a look. Now, I don't know if you do that. I don't know if that's a unique thing to do, but I will tell you, uh, doing that over and over and over again, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. And I, I think one other thing that we do is we try to fight our feelings with thoughts. So one big thing in that question, what's the next action that's interesting to me is that it's active. There's an action. You're asking for an action. You are not sitting down and trying to fight the thoughts. And there was a research study done out of Duke University that basically shows that when you are having the I don't feel like it or you're having the thoughts that lead to procrastination, the thing that actually gets you motivated to move is not another thought that tries to defeat the initial thought. So when you're working with your child, what you want to do is try to use an action because what they have shown is when it comes to motivation, action, taking a small action is 66% effective, whereas it's only one third effective to work on your thoughts. So if you're having the thought, for example, I don't feel like it. Well, don't sit there and battle that thought. Just say, okay, brain, I get it. You don't feel like it. I'm going to take a small action. And then you might begin to feel like it. Yeah, that's that. That's the shorthand. That's the shortcut that you can do that. Even if you if you talk to your brain, if you talk to the thought, acknowledge the thought. But even if you can even say, you know, I oh I want to avoid it. Uh, to you know, I'm trying to feel better. I'm but I'm procrastinating. I'm aware that I'm doing this. Just calling it out. You know, even that step is a big step just to identify it. Um, and what's the next action can be used anytime, anywhere, any place. That's for sure. Absolutely. But let's not forget about future me. Poor future me. What do we do about future me? <laughs> How do we relate to future well, me? We wanna, How do we plan for future we me? We talked about that research that shows that future me is basically we is like a stranger in our brain. So we need to get to know future me better. So there are a couple different exercises that we can do. We can have kids draw a version of themselves as their best future self. Either draw or write about what is the best version of your future self. And let's really create an image and make that future me not such a stranger. So that's one thing we can do. The other thing that we can do is that we can imagine that future me is actually in the present moment. So this is a visualization exercise where you imagine that thing that you're putting off till tomorrow. You close your eyes and imagine yourself doing it today. So you bring future me into the present moment. And then another thing that you can do, and I know Ed's always looking for the quick tip. Hey, what's the, you know, like, what's the thing that we can do that we can really remember that we can do? We can be more friendly to future me. We can be more compassionate and we can actually talk to future me. So whether you want to do this in writing format or in drawing format or out loud, I'm, I'm hoping that a lot of, of you, a lot of you who are listening to us actually talk to yourselves out loud since we recommend talking out loud all the time. I actually talked to myself and the other day I got an answer and I didn't understand it. <laughs> that might happen. So, you know, beware if you're trying any of these exercises. Be more compassionate to your future self. Hey, future me, I know this sounds kind of ridiculous to, you know, be talking to yourself like this. 
but really, hey, future Rini, I'm so sorry that I put off everything on you all the time and I make your life so hard. I want you to know that I'm going to be doing a little bit more for you so that future Rini doesn't have to do everything and bear all of that weight. So show future me some compassion and it literally can lead to procrastinating less. Also, just visualizing that part of yourself is a great thing. What do you want your life to be? It's like saying what you, you know, what you want your life to be, what you want to be. Um, so that's always a good thing to be to be thinking about. I really like that. I like re- relating to the future. I mean, now, if you don't think that that almost everybody experiences this these kinds of feelings that make them want not to do something where they want to avoid, you might be interested to, to know Leonardo da Vinci is a famous procrastinator. He accomplished a lot, but he put off doing the Mona Lisa for many years. In fact, it took him 16 years to complete it, which is probably why she's not smiling. (laughs) Maybe she was smiling at one point. For those of you that procrastinate, there's one exercise that we didn't talk about that I feel like is so powerful and so easy to use, and it's called implementation intentions. So they're basically, it's it's a goal setting technique, right? So it was created by goal setting researchers, and it works to kind of shield our goals from competing interests, right? It shields us from procrastinating. And the way that we do it is we use, we create if-then statements. So it can be used in two ways. So we were using the flossing example. Um, If you are having a hard time flossing, it's something that you procrastinate about, you can use it as a cue. So you create an if-then statement. If the sun goes down, then I will floss. Okay, so you have a physical cue that gives you that gives you that reminder essentially and that you're hooked to that and it helps with habit development. A lot of this is about habit development. Okay, implementation intentions can also be used if you're going to fall off track. So this is what goal setting researchers found. If you set a goal, that's just kind of the first step. My goal is to finish my book report. But you run into obstacles. A lot of the time the obstacle is yourself. Right, Ed? A lot of times it's just, yeah. I, yes, it's me. And when I say that it's me, anybody listening, it's my fault. (laughs) It's usually Ed. It's not you that's listening. Mm -hmm. No, it's it's not It's Ed getting in your way. Okay, so if Ed is going to get in my way, so this is what I do. I want to finish my book report. If Ed is going to call and distract me, then I'm going to deny his phone call. That's not a really nice example, (laughs) but you get my example. You basically make a plan for your obstacle in advance. And if you have the plan in advance, then you are able to overcome the obstacle far more effectively than if you don't have the plan. Because let's face it, we know a lot of this stuff is going to come up again. We know we've done it thousands of times. You know, this is something everybody faces. So any part of this, now we talked about awareness. We talked about acknowledging. We talked about taking the smallest step taking the smallest action. We talked about if then. We talked about the future self and being kind to the future self. Any one of those things, if you did any one of those things, you're going to feel better and you're going to your life is going to be a little bit easier. I'm really excited that we did this talk about procrastination. Again, I think it's a universal issue. 
Yeah, I'm glad we didn't put it off uh, because <laughs> that would have been that would have been too easy to do, and we could have done a lot of procrastination. That would have been so joke. on theme. Uh, there's a few things that we want you to know. Uh, one thing is the podcast. Thank you for listening. Thanks for your reviews. Please subscribe. Go to iTunes. But even easier, you can find us at bit.ly bit.ly slash forward slash dear anxiety right on iTunes. It's so easy. And we really, really do appreciate the reviews. We want to make it known that mental health for kids, for adults, for everyone, for humans is important. So please continue listening. And we're getting some wonderful emails in with some audio clips. So if you have a child that's experiencing a challenge and you want to anonymously send us an audio clip that we will play at the beginning of our show, please do that. And you can do that at gozen.com forward slash dear anxiety. You'll also find all of the episodes there and you'll be able to get in contact with us and let us know what you think. Now, if you're interested in, in, in any one of these subjects, of course, but particularly procrastination, you can go to gozen.com and check out a lot of things. There's so much there now. And most recently it was the Child Motivation Summit. Yes, we did the Motivated Child Summit, and we had Dr. Tim Pitchell on, who is the world-renowned expert on procrastination. He wrote a book called Solving the Procrastination Puzzle. We interviewed him on the Motivated Child Summit, and you can go to themotivatedchildsummit.com, and you can look at how you can access those interviews there. Uh, But yeah, always visit us on gozen.com. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter because we send out a lot of great stuff and updates on what we're doing. And we're going to have more of these episodes, right? And about the things that we all face. And I I just have to say thank you for listening. We're happy that you're listening. And we hope you feel a little bit better maybe in your day. And keep coming back. It works if you work it. Um, I'm Ed Krasnick and Rini, take us into the clip and we'll see you next time. So we're going to listen to a child giving the first child advice on their procrastination. Thanks guys. Playing to the last moment causes stress. If somebody waited till the last minute to do something, I would say to them that they need to take a better look at the schedule, like realize if they want to do this at the last moment, it might get them more in a hurry, and then they might get in trouble with the time schedule. Some strategies for that is have a checklist of things that they need to do in order, like For example, first get dressed, then brush your teeth, so that they know what to do and they're not goofing off. It feels good to get things done. When you get things done first, you have the whole rest of the night free, and you don't have to think about your homework anymore, and that's more relaxing.